G'day, my name is Jeff. It's my privilege on this Christmas carol day to look with you at the book of Isaiah, chapter 11, verses 1 to 9. Can I encourage you to have your Bible open to Isaiah 11? We're going to read through it, think about what it means and how it applies to us this Christmas season. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you so much that we can look at your word. We pray that as we look at this beautiful picture of a new heaven and earth, that you will thrill us with hope and joy and help us to trust Jesus as our King and Saviour. We pray in his name. Amen. Well, this is my dog. Her name is Stella. Stella is small and she is white and fluffy. Stella loves nothing more than to snuggle up to my wife Carmelina or to our children. She loves to sit with them in front of the heater all snug and warm. She loves to uh, go and lie down on people's beds and sleep with them at night snuggling up. Uh, my family adore Stella. They love to play with her. She's so sweet, so cute. Unless uh, you are an animal that happens to venture onto our property. Perhaps a, a brush turkey or a possum or a lizard. If you're an animal, particularly a small animal, and you happen to venture onto our property, you're not gonna meet Stella as a cute and fluffy creature who wants to snuggle up to you. No, no, what you're gonna meet is a ravening wolf. What you'll hear is terrifying what you'll see is vicious bared fangs. And, and, and if you're not quick enough to get away, if you don't run like anything and escape, Stella will bite you. And she will keep on biting you until you're dead. Dogs like Stella, they might seem to be cute, but they're actually dangerous animals. Did you know that in the world, each year, about 30 people are killed by dogs? Admittedly, mostly by pit bull terriers, not by little fluffy white bulls like Stella, but still by dogs. And of course, it's not just dogs that are dangerous, is it? Uh, here in Australia, we have lots of dangerous animals, lots of animals that can hurt us. In fact, we're, Australia is famous for all our dangerous, poisonous animals. There's a song by a band called Scared Little Weird Guys, and uh, it's about how all these dangerous animals in Australia, it's called, Come to Australia, You Might Accidentally Get Killed. Let me read you the words. Redback, funnel web, blue ringed octopus, taipan, tiger snake, and a box jellyfish, stonefish, and a poison thing that lives in a shell that spikes you when you pick it up, big shark, just waiting for you to go swimming at Bondi Beach. Come to Australia. You might accidentally get killed. Actually, I remember one time when, when my, uh, my son was little, we were at my dad's place in Patonga. We were playing in, in, in the water at the beach there. And my son came up to me with something in his hand. He said, look, Dad, look, look at the octopus I found. Look at the beautiful blue rings. Fortunately, he was holding it from on top. If he'd been holding it from underneath, he'd have been dead. What a world we live in. What a, what a strange and deadly world. Why do you think God made saltwater crocodiles? Or 
or mosquitoes. Did you know that mosquitoes are by far the deadliest animal in the world? They kill, mosquitoes kill, about a million people every year. And it's not even just that we live in a world of dangerous animals. Can you, get, can you guess what the second deadliest animal in the world is? That's right, the second most deadly animal in the world, an animal that kills something like half a million people in the world each year, the second most deadly animal in the world is us, people. What a scary, dangerous world we live in. So why? What's God doing? Why has God put us into this scary, dangerous world? Do you know what? The Bible tells us the answer to that question. The Bible says, the Bible says that we people, we have rejected God. Ever since the beginning, since our first forebears, Adam and Eve, we ignore God, we disobey God. And so we're not able to live in a perfect world. We don't live in the Garden of Eden. God has put us into a world that suits rebels, that suits people under his judgment. God has put us into a world that is full of pain and sorrow and death. He's put us into this fallen world as judgment on our sin. But the Bible tells us good news. This world is not going to be like this forever. God has a plan to transform this world. And that's what we see here in our passage today from the book of Isaiah. The prophet Isaiah lived in a terrible time. A terrible time for the Jewish people. It was around about 700 years before Jesus. Uh, the northern kingdom of Israel had been destroyed by the Assyrian Empire. And, and, and the nations around the Jews, they were constantly at war with them. And prophets like Isaiah kept saying to the Jews, it's because you're just like Adam and Eve, your forebears, you are ignoring God and rejecting him and rebelling against him and making him angry. Prophets like Isaiah said to the Jewish people, you're in big trouble and and that is why life is hard and scary and dangerous. But in chapter 9 of Isaiah, God gave his people a message of hope. He said that a child was going to be born who would be a good king, a child from the family of King David. That's very important because God had made promises to King David that someone from his family would rule forever. Uh, King David was the king in Israel about 300 years before, about 1000 BC. And Isaiah said that this king, this, this child born to be king, would bring light and righteousness and peace to this world. Chapter nine, have a look with me on your outline there. For to us... A child is born. To us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing it and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. There's God's great promise, an eternal king, a king who will bring righteousness and peace. And now in chapter 11 of his book, Isaiah tells us more about this great king. Uh, First, 
Uh, first, he, he says again that this king will come from the family line of King David. But Isaiah says this, King David's family line, it's going to be, it's going to be um, like, a, like a tree cut down. It's going to be cut down to a stump because of the bad kings in the line of David that were at the time of Isaiah. God's going to cut the line of David down to a stump. But, but God then says that from this stump, he'll, he'll raise up a, a shoot, a branch. Uh, he's going to raise up from this family of David a good king. A king full of God's Holy Spirit. A, a king who is full of wisdom. Isaiah chapter 11 and verse 1. Have a look with me. Isaiah chapter 11 and verse 1. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. Jesse was uh, King David's dad. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of the knowledge and fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. A good king who loves God. And in verses 3 to 4, we see that this king, he's going to be a great ruler. He's going to protect the poor and the innocent, and he's going to punish the wicked. He's going to be a righteous, faithful judge who will bring justice and righteousness to this world. Halfway through verse 3, he will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears, but with righteousness he will judge the needy. With justice he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. With the breath of his lips, he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt and faithfulness the sash around his waist. A king who will bring righteous judgment. And now Isaiah says that under this king, the whole world will be transformed. This world of pain, this world of sorrow, this world of fear, this world of death, this world of animals that bite you and are dangerous, this world, it will be changed. It'll be changed to a world of peace, a world of harmony, a, a world of righteousness. The whole creation will be transformed under this king because under this king, the world will be filled with the knowledge of God. Verse 6. The wolf will live with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the goat, the calf and the lion and the yearling together, and a little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear, their young will lie down together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox. The infant will play near the cobra's den, and the young child will put his hand into the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be Filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. It's a beautiful picture, isn't it? The whole world transformed by the rule of the king into a world of peace. We don't have to be scared. So who is this king that Isaiah is talking about? Who is this king who's going to transform the world? It's Jesus, isn't it? Jesus is the king from the line of David. The king born in that stable in Bethlehem on the first Christmas. The king who then grew up and, and, and lived here on earth and showed us by his life and his miracles and his teaching, showed us what God is like. The king who then 
died on the cross in our place to to, to bear the consequences of our sin and rebellion against God. Uh, The king who then rose again to eternal life to, to rule as king forever. Now at the right hand of God in heaven and soon... Once God has given time for all these people to put their faith in Jesus, soon, soon for Jesus to come back and rule this world, to make every knee bow, every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord, and then to transform the world into this picture that we see here. And, and, and what a magnificent world it will be. Let me, let me show you another word picture of it. Have a look at this description of the new world that God will make through Jesus from Revelation, Revelation chapter 21. Jesus' friend John writes this, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look! God's dwelling is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There'll be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new then he said write this down for these words are trustworthy and true friends jesus is the king of isaiah chapter 11 and that picture in chapter 11 of isaiah that is a picture of the new heaven and new earth that jesus will that jesus will make when he returns and what a world it will be no more bitey animals No more fear, no more death, no more sadness or sorrow. What what, what a precious, beautiful world. What, What a precious, beautiful hope. What a precious, beautiful future we have in the Lord Jesus. Well, no wonder then that the Christians are people who who sing. No, No wonder Christians are the ones who invented happy. Praise to God carols at Christmas time. Of course, we we Christians, we don't just sing at Christmas, do we? We sing all year. Why? Because all year, every day, all of our lives, we can celebrate what Jesus has done. We celebrate the great hope that we have through Jesus of this new world. It's funny, I, I, I keep hearing people who complain that the singing competitions in Australia, you know, the, the voice of Australian Idol, that kind of thing. People complain that they, kept, they keep on being won by, by, by people who go to church. Think um, Danny Im or Guy Sebastian, or this year Bella Taylor-Smith. But really that shouldn't come as a surprise, should it? Because Christians are some of the few people who keep on getting together and singing. Church is where you'll find live music. Why? Because Christians know this great king from Isaiah 11. Christians look forward to this great world of Isaiah 11. Christians have joy and hope and peace. Christians have something worth singing about. But Friends, you do need to know this. 
Not all people will be in this new world of Isaiah 11. Not everyone is invited. This new world, it will only be for Jesus' people. This new perfect world, you can't have unforgiven rebels in there. It can only be for people who've had their sin, their rebellion against God, forgiven through the death of Jesus. It can only be for people who want to have Jesus as their king now, who, who, who want to rely on the risen Jesus as their king now. I, I'm sorry to say, if you don't want Jesus to be your king, if you don't rely on him to take your sin away, well, like with the Jews in, in Isaiah 11, God is still angry with you. He's, he's still angry with you for all the ways that you've ignored him, for all the ways that you've disobeyed him. And, and friend, without Jesus, God's anger is going to remain on you. It won't be taken away. You won't be forgiven. You can't have any place in this eternal kingdom, this beautiful new world. Friends, don't just take my word on this. It's way too important. Let me show it to you from the Bible, from John chapter 3. Can you see it on your outline there? This is from someone who knew Jesus. He says, whoever believes in the Son... That is, whoever relies on Jesus to forgive them and to be their king, whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. But whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on them. Did you notice that? Naturally, it's on us all. God's wrath is on us all. And it will remain on you if it's not taken away by Jesus. If you don't ask Jesus to forgive you. Friends, God has a beautiful, glorious, magnificent, better world for his people. A world where fluffy dogs don't bite. A world of peace and joy and righteousness. A world where, we'll, where we will know God. The earth will be full of the knowledge of God as the waters cover the sea. Where we'll see God face to face. But friends, that world, it is only for people who've been forgiven through the death and resurrection of Jesus. It's only for people who, who, who want to live with Jesus as their king now. So friend, this Christmas, please, please, please make sure you're relying on Jesus, won't you? Ask God to forgive you, to accept you because of the death and resurrection of Jesus. Ask God to give you a place in this new world because of Jesus. He'll do it. And then, friend, come and sing with us. Come and sing with us. Sing with joy to our great King and Saviour. What I'm going to do now, what I'm going to do now, I'm, I'm, I'm going to pray a prayer. And this is a prayer that you might like to echo in your own heart. It, it's a prayer where I ask God to forgive me and accept me into this new world through Jesus. If that's what you'd like God to do for you, can I encourage you, pray with me. Pray with me. I'll, I'll give you plenty of time. I'll pray slowly and have a gap between, between the phrases. Pray with me and ask God yourself to forgive you and accept you into this wonderful new world. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I realize I haven't loved and obeyed you like I should. I don't deserve a place in your new world. 
but thank you that Jesus died on the cross and rose again for me. Please, Father, because of Jesus, forgive me and accept me into your eternal kingdom. And please, Father, help me to live from now on with Jesus as my King. Amen.